just wanted to start out with worship and I just wanted to sing a cappella style with no music. Ooh, welcome to Comedy Central. I would not do that to y'all. I wouldn't even do that to myself. Praise the Lord. Why don't we, why don't we just, uh, why don't we stand up real quick? We're going we're gonna to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. We just bless you. We worship you. God, we worship you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Thank you for residing in this place with us. Thank you that you go everywhere we go, Jesus. Thank you that you live and dwell inside of us. Father, thank you that you are the strength that we need, that we have every day of our life. Father, that we set our eyes upon things above and not on things below. That we continue to live more and more like you. We lean more and more on your word and the word. That you be glorified in all that we do. God, open up our ears to hear, our eyes to see. We're going to glorify you. We're going to worship you. We're going to praise you tonight, Lord. We're going to lift your name on high. Freedom's coming. Freedom's going to be received. People are going to get breakthrough. Healings are going to happen. Jesus, because it's you. I thank you you died on the cross for us. I thank you that you rose again on that third day, that you sit at the right hand of the Father. Holy Spirit, we follow you. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for comforting us. We give you all the praise, all the glory in Jesus' name. We all said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Let's go ahead and be seated. Otherwise, I'll just keep standing. Since I'm standing, you're standing. Well, you know, just like Pastor Mark says, this, this is a believer's meeting. We don't really know where this is going. Um, but I, I kind of know where it's starting. So we got the starting point a little bit. And, uh, and if it seems like I'm kind of beating around the bush, it, it is because I have to be vulnerable. And I don't have stories about you. I have stories about me. So if anybody would be willing that I could share stories about you, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'd, be really, I'd, I'd be much more comfortable with that. Um, but I don't see hands going up anywhere. You know, I want to I wanna share something that um, is, I know is going to help us. I believe that uh, we as Christians in America, um, as well as this church, are coming into a time that could be an explosion, that could, could be something that history talks about. It could be a time in which hallelujah, that lives are changed for the glory of God or they're not. It could be a time where, where we see things that, that lives that we are like, no way, I never thought he or she would stray. Or it can be a time where we sit back and say, oh my goodness, they're steadfast as steadfast can be. If you looked in the dictionary, steadfast, it would show them. It would show me, it would show you. But I think we need to be honest with ourselves and, and, and look into the scriptures and say, why is it important why God's asking us to do certain things? And why is it that we forget? Why is it that when we get tired, we forget? Why is it that when we're lazy, we forget? Why is it that when we're comfortable, we just forget? See, I think, I think myself included... I'm guilty of this. I don't like using the word ashamed but because I don't like that word. 
But the thing that is amazing about our God and my God is that, that when you come out the other side, you've learned something. And you sit back and say, I wish I would have known this then. I wish I would have known this way back then. Oh, but I did know it, but I didn't know it. I knew the scriptures. I knew, I knew what I should have done, but I didn't do it because I was just tired. I was exhausted. I was exhausted of everything, to be quite frank. You know, the devil didn't come and tempt me when I was charging. He didn't come and tempt Jesus when he was charging. He tempted Jesus when he was tired, when he was hungry. Not going to Africa for two years made me tired, made me sit back and go, what am I doing? I, I, there's nowhere to go. Like, what, what's happening, God? You put this go in me, and you, you put this go in me to take people with us, and, and, and like, there's nowhere to go. Devil, what are you doing? I, I don't like you. I didn't like you before. I really don't like you now. And time went on, and time went on, and before you know it, it just became kind of a, a habit. Laziness. Comfort. There's not much uncomfortableness in America. You know, we get ready to go to Africa or, or, or wherever. I mean, even went to a, if you call it a mission trip, I hate saying that, but I mean, it was, to London. It's like it's a first world country. But it was harder than America. They don't serve the same coffee here. They don't, the food's weird. They serve some weird, like, patty thing made of blood. It was disgusting. I'm like, I'm not eating that. And Jen's like, try it, I dare you. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it was. And here we have air-conditioned homes, air-conditioned churches, cushioned chairs, big chairs, man. Us pastors were having a conversation the other day, and, and the church I grew up in was wooden pews. How many of us remember wooden pews? <laughs> Thank God we don't have them. But I remember going to church being uncomfortable trying to sit down. I was skinny as skinny could be. I was like a skeleton with skin on. And so sitting in a wooden pew was, was hurtful. And so what I'm going to share with us tonight is hopefully, not hopefully, I know is going to help you. It helped me. It helped the disciples. It's something Paul did. It's something the Bible told us to do. You know, one of the, one of the things he, he told us in, in Isaiah was be in remembrance. Why is that so important? Like, be in remembrance, what, to remind God? Like, he needs us to remind him of his word? I don't think he needs us to remind him of his word. I think he knows it. Maybe it's for us. About, uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, I was sitting with, with Pastor Wade and and we were chit-chatting, and he goes, hey, man, have you ever, I don't know if you remember this conversation, you probably do, but he goes, uh, hey, man, have you ever stopped and thought about how much has happened in your life in six years? And I'm like, no. And he goes, how are you thankful then? <laughs> a 
Look, you gotta have friends in your life that are willing to challenge you. Not the ones that are just willing to, you know. I don't want those people in my life. I want the ones that sit there and says, well, how are you thankful then? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. I'm, I'm too busy moving forward and too busy like thinking about where to, how to grow the school and how big the school can get and where's it gonna be in five years and how to get more instructors and, and advisors and, and a building. And, and I'm thinking about Capstone and I'm thinking about Africa and I'm thinking about London and I'm thinking about Germany and I'm thinking about all these other places and all these other places and all these other countries and I'm thinking about revivals and I'm thinking about teams going from here out and, and it just constantly being a cycle. See, that's the stuff I'm thinking about. So I don't have time to be thankful. It sounds pretty, but I'm, I'm busy with the things of the Lord. I'm so busy planning and so busy thinking and praying, I don't have time to be thankful. He knows I'm thankful. He knows my heart. But what was happening was a slow degradation of me forgetting of me walking through this, this life, this blessed life, this amazing life, going, what am I doing? What's happening? Maybe I'm the only one that's ever been there, or maybe I'm the only one that's gonna admit that they've been there. I'm okay with admitting it. I'm okay with admitting that it took, took a friend to sit back and say to me, what I should have known. I did know. I knew it. I knew the answer. I knew what the Bible says so that I should do. But when you're in the middle of it, you kind of don't know. Anybody ever been there? When you're in the thick of things and, and somebody says something, you're like, I knew that. How did I not know that? Well, because you're in the thick of it. And so I said, man, I, I don't know. And, and he goes, think about this. And he started naming off all the things. And I'm looking at him like, how do you know all these things? Like, you remember them. He's like, I think about them all the time for you. Yeah, more conviction, good friend. <laughs> and I start sitting back going, man, I need to start being thankful. I'm thankful of my salvation. I'm thankful what, what the Lord has done with my family. I'm thankful for that he got me out of law enforcement before I was six feet under and orphaned my kids and my wife. I'm thankful for this church, but I, I wasn't being thankful. I wasn't actively doing it. I was doing it in the sense of like, yeah, I know I am. I know I am. It's over here. I know I am. God, you know I am. But there's a difference between knowing I am and activating it. Like faith. Oh, no, I know I can be healed. Do you? Why are you sick then? I know I can get rid of the fear. Well, then why, why do you still have it? Why are you still dealing with it? It's because you just, you believe that God can get rid of it, but you ain't doing it. No difference than me knowing I was thankful and knowing God knew I was thankful, but I wasn't doing it. You know, it's like when, when Kendall, um, I don't know, she was probably eight to 10 years old, and for a surprise present, birthday, selfishness on parents' part, I don't know, call it whatever you want, um, we were in a dirt bike riding. And so um, we were always going to dirt bike shops and, you know, looking at street bikes. And I had a small, you know, some people, you know, people that are addicted to drugs or alcohol, like you shouldn't go to a bar. I shouldn't go to a motorcycle shop. 
And so, it's, I mean, oh, man. Oh, man. And uh, so she kind of grew up in motorcycle shops, you know. It, it was super fun taking her to motorcycle shops. Well, this one time we, we jump over to uh, Snake River, Yamaha over here, and, um, and we surprise her. We roll out a, a little 110 Yamaha for her, and we roll it out, and, and I'm thinking she's going to be ecstatic. And she's just like, hmm. I mean, not a peep, not a thank you, not a smile. I mean, nothing. And we know our daughter, and we're like, oh, she's embarrassed. But it sure would be nice right now because I'm embarrassed that the salesperson's like, oh, my gosh, this is your motorcycle. No way. This is so awesome. She's like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, we have that kid. We have that one where he's like, oh, my gosh, dude, she's spoiled. I wouldn't buy this for her. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd give it back. And uh, even though I knew she was appreciative and thankful, but because I didn't hear it, it kind of messed with me. I think God, God, he says, praise me, glorify me. I think he likes to hear it. And I don't only really think he likes to hear it because it, it brings up an aroma to his nostrils, man. That's, that's like fragrant and smells good. He knows it's healthy that we need it. He knows we need to hear it. We need to hear it out of our own mouth. Science has proven that we can play audio tapes of Ilya, one of our Bible college instructors. I could play an audio of his, his uh, class that he teaches on the side of my bed through my phone. But I'm not gonna, it's not going to go into my subconscious and I'm not going to learn it. But I could if it was my voice. Isn't that crazy? Can't if it's your voice. I think God kind of knew that when he's like, hey, I need to hear you praise me. Praise me with your mouth. Well, Pastor Mickey's doing it. Pastor, Pastor Whitley and the worship team's praising. I don't really need to. I just need to, I just need to stand here in reverence. No, no, no. You, you need to hear yourself sing the words. You need to hear yourself praise the Lord. You need to hear yourself testify of how good he is. And so through this, this little exponential amount of time, unfortunately, uh, I'm a slow learner, and... Uh, I started sitting back and I'm like, God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for the breath in my lungs. God, thank you that I'm saved. God, thank you that you saved me from this. God, thank you that you, thank you, that you healed me of a speech problem when I was a little boy. God, thank you that, that you healed my scoliosis. God, thank you that you, you delivered me from being molested. God, thank you that you healed me from that. Thank you that you made me understand in some weird way that I knew it wasn't my fault. Thank you, God, some way I knew that I could lay in bed as a, as a little child holding onto my Bible that my papa gave me and I would hold it onto my chest at night and I would just talk to God. I didn't know I was praying at the time. I wasn't religious enough to, to say I was praying. I would hold onto that in the dark because I was scared of the dark. And I would just sit there and talk to him and say, God, Thank you for saving me. Thank you that I have my papa. Thank you that you protect me. God, thank you that, that like, you make me better. I didn't say healed. I just said, thank you that you make me better. God, I don't know what you're gonna do in my life, but like, thank you. And then I remember going to this one little church in Salem, Oregon. And, uh, you know, this is crazy to think about. I remember going to this little church in Salem, Oregon. We were going to see my uh, uncle's uh, cousin, 
uh, preach. And, and I remember sitting back in the left-hand side of the shotgun church, uh, wooden pews, of course, and uh, I was probably four rows, five rows back over here on this side. And I had, you know, a coloring book and stuff like that to keep me out of trouble. And, um, and I remember him, this guy who I'd never met before, he was in a three-piece suit. It was pretty snazzy. Silver with, like, pinstripes. I'll never forget it. And, um, and he's sitting there preaching and screaming, and, and I'm like, what is this guy screaming about? I did, what is happening right now? And next thing I know, this is the funny part. Next thing I know, he's, like, down on the front row praying for people, and people are falling down and, and all this, and I'm like, I want to do that someday. Like, there was something in me that was like, I want to do that someday. Whatever he's doing, he's affecting people. Like, it was so innately known in me that he was doing something that was helping somebody. It's uncanny how the Lord will, will highlight things in your life. Right? And so all these things have happened, and, and I married an amazing, amazing wife. Um, and I'll stop there because I don't want to cry. Um, like, I feel so sorry for every other husband in the world. Um, they came in second place, man. It's just what, it's just what it is. And so um, God loves me more than all the rest of the men. And so I'm just kidding. And um, all, all the wives, all, trust me, anybody that's a wife that's married to a dude, y'all are first place, man. And uh, deal with us first place when we're addicted to motorcycle shops or properties. We could, the list goes on. And so I was going through this time, man, and it was just like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I don't do well playing games, and I don't do well with status quo. Do I, Pastor Mickey? Status quo drives me bonkers. Like, if we're not moving forward, it feels like we're dying. That's, that's just, like, my whole life. Let's go. Let's move. Let's move. Let's take more ground. Let's, like, let's go, man. And so this last little bit has been a, been a, a bit. Here's, here's what Acts says. This is what Paul says in Acts chapter 14. There's so much here I want to teach on the whole chapter. In ver let's start in verse 14. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God. They had gone out and preached, and people's lives got changed, the people got healed, and all these people started saying, oh, God has come down in, in men, like men. And they were elevating Paul and Barnabas, and Paul and Barnabas were having it. Notice they weren't like maybe some other, other preachers or other people where they're like, oh, we'll just go ahead and let them do it because we know it was God. Or they just kind of like shunned off and they like went behind a curtain or they went back to a green room or, or they just kind of walked away. No, Paul, and, Paul wasn't having it. Paul wasn't having it. 
Paul went out to the crowds and he's like, knock it off. What are you thinking? I'm a man just like you. Don't worship me, worship him. I'm a man just like you. And then he ripped, 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 ripped off his clothes, man. I mean, he wasn't naked, but he ripped off. And he was like, no, 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 don't worship me. I'm not the person you worship, it's Jesus. Sometimes, I, I, I mean, this is just what I've heard. Sometimes people are like, whoa, Pastor Bill. You know, Pastor Mark probably said, hey, Pastor Bill's bringing the word tonight. And there's probably some of you who are like, uh-oh. Is he going to call me out? Is he going to be standing in front of me? Is he going to climb over chairs and pray for me? Is he going to call me out and, and like everyone's going to know my sin? See, here's the rad thing about God and the Holy Spirit is like, as I said that, it was like the Holy Spirit within me was confirming like, yeah, people are thinking that. <laughs> and now I just feel like giving an altar call. <laughs> like, hey, everyone that was like, yeah, that's me. I was worried that you were gonna call my sin out. Well, then get right, repent. Stop worrying. God made it easy, man, repent. Stop doing this and turn around and do what he called you to do. It's, it's simple. It's really simple. It's not rocket science. And then you know what you get to do? You get to praise him for it. And then you get to sit back and be like, glory to God for God's grace. Now Pastor Bill ain't gonna come in front of me. Right? I've even, I've even been told that by Pastor Joseph in Africa. He's like, people have come to me and said, oh, Pastor Bill's coming when he's coming. We need to get our lives in order before we walk in. And I'm like, what? That's weird. But I guess if it helps, whatever. But it's God. Pastor Bill, I, you know, in Africa, it's no joke. Like, Pastor Bill, pray for me. No, you, you pray for him. God heals you, not, not Bill. Bill doesn't heal you. Jesus heals you. Let's have a believer do it. Right? And if they can do it, can't you do it? I mean, if you're a believer, you can, you can, you can be used in that ministry. Right? And so it goes on as Paul and Barnabas go out there and they're like, knock it off, basically. You know, in Bill's version, he's like, shut your mouth. Don't give us the praise and the glory. That's God's. Knock it off. And then this is the part that's super amazing. In verse 16, in past generations, he, meaning God, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways. We're not robots. God's not sitting around going, you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and you do this. Well, I'm just here, it's just going to be, I'm just doing whatever God wants me to do. No, 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 that's not true. It says it right here. In past generations, he allowed all the, all the nations to walk in their own ways. Yet, glory to God, yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. And we could go back to those and, they, and people started getting so comfortable even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. So they were still sitting there going, no, let's sacrifice. Let us give you a sacrifice. No, 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 not to us. Knock it off. Didn't you learn from your past generations? They must have forgotten. 
I think some of us Americans have forgotten the men and women of God of our past generations that laid down healing revivals and we're walking in like the outskirts of the glory of it. But what are our, what are our kids and grandkids and, and their grandkids gonna do? Are we gonna step up? Are we gonna stand in the gap and have such a revival take place that our children's children's children are sitting there still walking in it? Or are they gonna have to be praying out for their generations and, and, and miss the seed time because we didn't plant the seed and harvest it? We have a part to play. No time to be tired. I'm preaching to myself, man. No time to be tired. Pull up your big boy pants. And then it goes in, and, and, and starting in verse 19, you know, Paul and, Paul and Barnabas, they're out preaching and so forth, and Paul gets stoned. They, uh, they go, and, and Paul gets stoned. This is the coolest stuff in the world right here. It is super rad. Having persuaded, the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him. Notice they persuaded the crowd. They persuaded. Be careful when you start trying to persuade people. It's called manipulation. It's a, it's a devilish thing, just so you guys know. Hey, pastor, can we take you out to lunch? Hey, you know, I think you should build a church in Timbuktu. I'm moving there. Oh, thanks for the blessing of the lunch. <laughs> right? It's kind of like tithing. Why are you giving of the tithe? It's your heart matter. Why were you taking out? And, and I don't know if this has ever happened. Oh my gosh, I should probably ref, preface that. I don't know if that has happened. Pastor wouldn't even tell me if it did. Um, I'm just using it as an example of like, why did, you, why did you ask pastor to go to lunch? Just for that? Check the heart. So it's not a blessing to him. It was to, it was to persuade him to open a church in Timbuktu because you were moving to Timbuktu. And then I would ask, are you supposed to move to Timbuktu? Sorry for Timbuktu. And, uh, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. This is powerful, y'all. This is powerful. This is why I'm like super, Pastor PJ said this to me one time. He goes, he goes you're super mindful of who you take on a mission trip. And I'm like, I am? He goes, yeah, look at all their personalities. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, they're all willing to die just like you are. And I'm like, oh. I ain't never thought of it. And, uh, and, and this is, when I, when I, and I knew the scripture before, but when I was reading it today, I was like, well, this is why. So if I get stoned and they suppose I'm dead, I want the people on my, my mission trip, but when the disciples gathered around about him, he rose up and entered the city. Believers. Here, I'll dumb it down. Believers. When believers circled around the man of God, the man of God rose up. That's some anointing, y'all. That, that y'all carry some anointing. We all carry some anointing. It doesn't say the fivefold. It doesn't say a prophet, an evangelist, an apostle. No, 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 no. Disciples. If you're a disciple, that's you. Come on. Are you kidding me? I, I, I don't know. I, I got one. Woo. One woo. 
Whoever's the woo is, you can come with me. All the rest of y'all might need to pray. All the rest of you might need to understand that Jesus Christ dwells inside of us the same Jesus that got raised from the dead. The same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That means you can raise the dead. Now, I don't understand when it's like, oh, I don't know, that's not for me. No, it is for you. You're a disciple. You're a believer. It's time we get out of our comfort zone, stop being fat, so to speak. Sorry, not sorry. It's time to like, I'm sorry, like, hey, Pastor Bill, your shirt's stupid. Cool, tell me it's stupid. You don't need to be nice about it and tell me you don't like my shirt. If you don't like my shirt, Pastor Wade, tell me you don't like my shirt. I'm okay, I'm a big boy, I can take it. Seriously, like, like, and I don't mean fat like in a derogatory way, I just mean fat. Like, come on, man. I want it's the same thing of, 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 I don't know how many weeks ago, who here wants a revival and everybody raised their hand? Who here wants to be on Monday night? Who, who wants church on Monday night? 50% of the people went down. Who wants to be here on Tuesday night? It went down to about another, about a third. And it's like, whoa, whoa, we want revival, but we don't want to be here. We want the raise, we want, we want to see the dead raised, but nah, I don't want to do it. Because uh, what if it didn't happen? Well, yeah, that, I, I'll call that backsliding. Well, I don't know if I believe in, in that healing that, that I heard the testament of. Okay, you're backsliding. How, how about if it was just Christianity was that black and white? My brother, who is not a believer, when he talks to me and hears of the, of the testimonies that I share with him, he's like, dude, I know it's real because you wouldn't lie to me. Unbeliever. Yet there's believers that sit back and go, oh, I don't know about that. I'm doubting that. Well, you're a backslider. You don't want to be a backslider? Then start believing. Paul got raised from the dead. Who did it? Not the apostles. Not the prophets. Disciples. Thank God for the ministry of helps. Well, all I do is this. You know. You don't want... Gabe, you don't want me helping paint the church. It's a waste of money, man. I don't know how to paint. Thank God for ministry of helps because I don't know how to paint. It was the ministry of helps that walked around and raised Paul from the dead. Changes things a little bit. Not the fivefold. I want some disciples with me if somebody stones me. I don't want backsliders with me. I want, I want disciples. Disciples. I'm saved. Okay, are you a disciple? Oh, we could go down that road too. Cool, you're saved. Are you a disciple? Are you doing the things to be like Jesus? Well, no, I don't, I don't really believe in casting out demons, so you're not a disciple. Well, I, you know, I don't know if I believe in all that. Well, you know, um, I don't know if I believe in casting out demons and, and raising the dead and um, well, cool, do you believe in getting people saved? Yeah, I believe in that portion of the gospel. Cool, when was the last time you did it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, so you, you, you can't even do that part. But yet everyone wants to sit back and be like, oh, that didn't really happen. 
It's always that type of person. I know we don't have them in here. I'm talking about other, other places and other Christians and other just, I, I know that. It's time to wake up. It, it is time to fight. And it's, it's super ironic. I've been busting my chops, trust me, all day in prayer and reading going, oh my gosh, it's like pastor's preaching on this. And, but look, I've, I've just lived through this. I've come out the other side going, oh, glory to God, there's part of Bill that's woke up again. Bill, Bill just woke up and he's ready to fight. Now, I don't want to fight you, but I want to kick the devil in his teeth. And I want to help you kick the devil in the teeth. I want to help you understand that you're a disciple that raised Paul from the dead. Start walking around going, yeah, I can raise the dead. I can raise the dead. I can raise the dead. You don't need a rare sign or anything, but just start speaking it to yourself. I'm a woman of God. Because I'm a woman of God, I can raise the dead. Because I'm a man of God and a man of God can raise the dead. Therefore, I'm a man of God and therefore, I'm going to raise the dead. I hope I'm first on scene. I hope I'm on scene before the paramedics get there. So the paramedics are like, what just happened? Oh, dude, this guy came in. All, I mean, he sat there and he, and he laid his hands on him. He said, in Jesus' name, arise. Where's that at the newspaper? Where is it, man? I want it. The only way it happens is if we become hungry enough and, and you know, the Bible says to hate sin. What about hate being fat? And again, I'm using that in, in the context of like fat in spiritual terms. What if we hated that? What if we hated it so much that we're like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna pray for five minutes today and then, and then tomorrow I'm gonna pray for, for seven minutes and then the next day I'm gonna pray for nine. And we just added two minutes to each, each day. I'm gonna, pr- I'm gonna pray in tongues for about five minutes. And then your, your, human, your human mind is gonna be like, see, I knew you'd quit at five. And go, cool, you just got another 10. Four and a half hours of a drive for me was like that. I was like, I'm gonna pray in tongues for the next 30 minutes. And I got to about 20 something and my mind was like, man, you wanna give up at 20. You were so glad this, this 30 minutes is up. I'm like, cool, you just got another 30. So I prayed another 30 and then it got to about that time. It was like, Oh, you only did an hour. And I'm like, cool, you just got two. And then I got to like close to two and he was like, my mind was like, so you're just gonna give up? What would happen if you went three? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and so I, I prayed in tongues for three. And you know, it was right around that three, two and a half, three hour mark when all of a sudden, Like the first couple was just me getting over my flesh, telling my flesh to shut up and stop being fat. It was that two and a half, three hour mark where all of a sudden it was like car changed. Like something happened, man. And then revelation started coming to me about love. The car filled up with love. You know what else happened during that trip? The girls were sitting there trying to study Spanish. You know what ended up happening? And they were sitting there studying Spanish and I'm like, I wish they would stop because I'm trying to pray in tongues and keep my mind in it for 30 minutes. Now an hour, now two, now three. Pretty soon they closed their books and they started praying in tongues with me. Something changed at that two and a half, three hour mark. After finally putting the body and the, and the fatness of my flesh to death. Man, our flesh will win out if we allow it. 
Paul's flesh probably could have died if he would have allowed it, but his spirit was like, nope. He had trained his body to just shut up. You know, we started working out again. I don't want to talk too much about that. But as we, as we do things, Jen's like, see, you're just ultra competitive. I'm like, no, I'm just telling my body you're not going to win because we would do a certain exercise. And she's like, you're going for an extra 30 seconds or five seconds longer than me. You just want to win. You're competitive. And I'm like, no, my body wanted to quit at 30 seconds into this thing, not a minute. So now it gets an extra 10. Now it gets an extra 30. And then last night, when we didn't want to work out at 10.30 at night, we're in a plank position. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm going to go an extra 10 seconds. I'm going to go a minute 10. And I'm like, I'm pretty good at counting. And she's like, 10 more seconds. And I'm like, just, just telling my body to shut up. It's like when the alarm goes off, snooze. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. That shows we're lazy human beings. Snooze. Snooze was created because we're lazy. So Paul gets stoned. He gets up. The disciples raised him from the dead. The next day, man, he wasn't complaining that his muscles were sore. He wasn't complaining that his jaw was, was out of whack. The next day, he went on with Barnabas to Der- Derbe, and he preached the gospel to the city and had made many disciples. Dude, he just got stoned to death, and dude got up, didn't, didn't make a peep, and went and preached the gospel. And made many disciples. Then they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. Now this is the part, y'all. Strengthening the souls of the disciples. Encouraging them to continue in the faith. Those disciples must have got tired. It didn't say their spirit. It said their souls. We're going to get tired. Jesus got tired. He fell asleep. He rested in the front of the boat. He needed to rest. He went to the other side and prayed by himself to rest. You're going to get tired in this discipleship program under Jesus Christ. You're going to get tired. It's okay. But it's not okay to quit. Everything on the quitting side, we've all quit something. It's a horrible feeling. I used to stand, I used to ski, not like crazy skiing or anything like that, but like growing up, me and my buddy Brian, we would find cliffs to jump off of. And we'd sit up there, and I'd, I'd be sitting there, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. But then I knew on the drive home, I'd wish that I would have done it. And so I'd scoot back and do it before he did it. And then, I'd ha- then he had to do it. See, if he didn't do it, I was going to tease him the whole way home. I have, that, I have that weird thing. It was like, I have to do it, otherwise I'm going to regret it. I don't want to live regret anymore. I don't, want, I don't want to get to heaven and be like, oh my gosh, no way, that's what I could have lived like. Those are the lives that could have been impacted if I would have just prayed a half hour more. If I would have just fasted every other day, that, that, that's the, those are the lives that could have been impacted. Oh my gosh, if I would have just stopped thinking about myself and my own comfort, that could have happened. 500 could have been raised from the dead. Millions saved in a, in a, in a crusade. Millions of children educated 
millions of disciples, you know, sent out into the nations if I would have, if I would have, if I would have. My mom used to have a saying, woulda, coulda. I hated that saying growing up. I'm like, woulda, coulda, what do you mean? And then I got it. I was like, oh man, I don't wanna live a woulda, coulda. I don't wanna live a woulda, coulda. Well, this seems weird, Pastor Bill. I'm trying to strengthen you. I'm trying to encourage your soul. Don't give up. If the disciples who walked with Paul, like, that's pretty cool to say, hey, I walked with Paul. I think that would be a pretty cool honor to say, hey, I walked with Paul. Or I got sent home by Paul, like Mark did. I'd, I'd take that one. Like, did you get sent home by Paul? I did. He's the only one in the Bible that can say, I got sent home by Paul, but then got called for it. And so he was strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. I'm gonna say it in Bill's way. There is nothing more important than entering the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter what we're feeling like. There's nothing more important than entering the kingdom of God. You know how we understand the kingdom of God? It, this is just, it must be real to us. How does it become real to us? It doesn't become real to us by not praying. It doesn't become real to us by watching Netflix. It doesn't become real to us by watching baseball games nonstop. It becomes real to us by spending time with the Lord. It becomes real to us by watching other people be used by God and, and start getting used by God. It becomes real by listening to a testimony and going, I believe that. If they can raise the dead, I can raise the dead. If they can be blessed, I can be blessed. If they can be healed, I can be healed. God doesn't play favorites. Even though, you know, John kind of thought he did. God does not play favorites. To continue in the faith, we're gonna see tribulations. We're gonna see tough times. Yay. Yippee. And then you know what's awesome like when people are going through tough times? We're all promised it. You know what's super rad? Is that like knowing we're going through tough times. See, I had a friend that's like, hey man, have, do you stop and be thankful for how much has happened in, in, in four or six years? What if we don't have that friend? What if we don't have that friend that calls us up or texts us and says, dude, how are you doing, man? What do you need? Come over, we're gonna worship through this. We're gonna pray through this. See, you can do that to one another. We should be doing that to one another. Not going like, oh man, P. Bill's going through a rough time, man. Stay away from him. Oh, man, P. Doug's going through a tough time. Stay away from him. Like, if I hear that, I'm staying away from you. Because you know who you are? Pitch pipe. Pitch pipe is me, 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 me. That's all pitch pipe cares about is me, 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 me. I told you I was going to go acapella tonight. I didn't know I was going to do that. We need to be like the disciples and circle around when we get stoned. We need to circle around one another when we get stoned and pick one another up. Pick one another up. 
Pull somebody into your office. Pull somebody into your, your apartment, your room, your living room, and say, hey, man, I'm here for you. It seems like you're getting stoned to death, but I'm here for you. Let's change the direction. Oh, somebody else will. Nobody else will. You will. The, the buck's got to stop somewhere. Well, how about you? Those are the friends I want. I have a young adult, bless her heart. I don't know where she's at. Um, but I asked her one time, I said, man, I tell you what, am I hard on you? And she's like, yep. And I said, I tell you what, am I as hard on you as I used to be? And she goes, no. And I said, that's because you're changing. But then I have another young adult that I'm like, I'm much more sensitive to because that one can't take the, she, you know, she needs a little, more coddling, but the other one just like, let me have it. And Pastor Mickey's like, Bill can get like, Bill can let you have it. But it's because I want to see her succeed in what God has called her to. Man, I want that more. Sometimes I, want, I wonder if I want it more than they do. But I'm willing to have uncomfortable conversations with people because I want to see you succeed. I'm not getting brownie points. You're like, Pastor Bill's heart. No, man, we don't have a lot of time. I'm getting old. <laughs> why? Finny, why are you laughing, girl? <laughs> let's go to Revelation chapter 12. Mm, let's go to the end. Let's see what Revelation has to say. Pastor Duck can quote it without reading it, probably. <laughs> there we go. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. 1211, did I say that? What'd I say? Oh, I just said 12. Chapter 12, yeah, not verse 1. Chapter 12, verse 11. They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You know, one of the things that kind of helped me get out of this, this place was my testimonies of all the things that God has done in my life. And I just started out praising him for my papa and praising him for my mom. Man, she would pray for me all the time. She says, every time you went out, Billy, don't ever call me that. Two people get to call me that. Y'all ain't one of the two. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, you would leave, and Billy, I would pray for you all night until I heard the front door open. I'm like, Mom, it wasn't that bad. And she goes, you had a tendency to go do stupid things because it was fun. Kind of. So I thank God for my mom's prayers. I thank God that he delivered me from, from all those things. I thank God that my speech problem went away so I didn't have to fight anybody anymore. You want to know why I fought people? Because I got hurt. I'm sharing that because, like, somebody over here, I don't know who y'all are, but, like, the reason you lash out at people is because you're hurting inside. And it's okay but God can heal you from those wounds. 
but then it takes time for our minds to be renewed, for us to, as Pastor Mark said a lot of years ago that has always stuck with me, is now it's time to, to march, to blaze a new trail. And, and blazing that new trail is uncomfortable. There's thistles that get in your sock because it hasn't, the grass hasn't been worn down. But you can do it. You can pray more. You can read, like, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And I forgive, I forgive the hurts. And reach out for help. Getting counseling from, a, from a, a, a legit counselor doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're strong. It means you'll no longer be a victim. It means you're more than a conqueror. Amen? God's helping. God's doing what God does. God's doing what God does. Amen? God's doing what God does. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms. Let's go to Psalms. Let's go to Psalms 56. And verse four, in God whose word I praise. In God whose word I praise. How many times do we read, read his word, but we don't praise? Maybe we can start reading his word and then just start praising him. Glory to God for your word. Glory to God that your word says I'm more than a conqueror. Glory to God that your word says by your stripes I'm healed. Glory to God that it says that I have a, a sound mind, that I have peace. Come on, man, and start praising him for it. And then you end up in your living room with a bounce. And then, like, the UPS man's outside hearing you praying in tongues. The UPS FedEx guy, the FedEx guy, man, he came to my house one time, and, and, I, and I happened to hear the doorbell. I opened it up, and he's like, you okay, sir? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm praising God, man. I'm in here worshiping and praising. He's like, wow, I've never heard anything like it. I think he just meant my voice. I don't think he meant like anybody praying or not. But I don't care. I don't care whatsoever. See, my goal is that I want to open the door and have them just fall out. So that's how Bill's hamster thinks. What happens when, people, when you open the door and somebody walks in your house? What are you believing for? Dude, I'm like, I want people at my front door knocking saying, hey, I, I hear that God uses you to heal people. My daughter has a stomach issue and, and, and is already using a bag. Can you pray for her? I want people lined up at my house. I want to call Pastor Mark and be like, yo, Pastor Mark, I can't come in today. I got 30 people outside my door. Can you come help? That's how my squirrel works. Like my, my mind's sitting there going, how come, the, how come Boise State hasn't called yet? How come, the, how come the football team hasn't called yet? How come the volleyball coach that we know and played golf with, how come he hasn't called and said, hey, man, will you come preach to my girls? Will you come pray for them? One of them has an has a, 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 a injury. Yeah, man, let's get him healed. The golf team. I, I get to see the golf players every, every so often. And I'm just, come on, man. Come on. But that's because I, I believe in the word that I praise. I believe in the word that I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What are we afraid of? Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, wait, 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 wait. Backsliding. Backsliding. What can flesh do to me? Go ahead and kill me. Go ahead, man. You're like, you're like, go ahead and kill me, please. What are you going to do? I, I'm going to go to heaven. 
I'm going to be laughing the whole way. Like, yeah, if the disciples around me, I'd say, oh, I'm Finnegan's going with me. <laughs> See, y'all thought this was a mission interview. I've got two people, one, somebody back here, and I got Finney. My own wife hasn't said anything yet. <laughs> Neither of you, Miss Amy. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Jeremiah 17. Worship team, you're going to want to get ready. I'll give, you, I'll give you guys a heads up. So worship team, if you want to grab Pastor Witt, I know she's, she's doing something as well in ministry right now. If somebody can go grab her. Or if you guys got that taken care of. 17, verse 14. Man, this verse, I tell you what, man, the word is so good. We have so much to praise the Lord about. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. Wait, 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 wait. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed? Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be, sa- I shall be healed. Amen. Just word, just a fact. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. For you are my praise. For you, Lord, are my praise. For you, Lord, are my praise. God, I worship you. 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 Thank you, God, that you sent us to Africa. Thank you, Lord, that you sent us to Africa. Thank you, Lord, that you sent us to Africa. Thank you that we've seen thousands upon thousands saved. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you, Father, that we've seen Muslims, woo, glory to God, saved. Thank you, Lord, that we've changed high schools because the lead Muslim, you convicted him and drew him to the Father, Holy Ghost, and he got saved. Father, I praise you for that.